The EP Podcast. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always at theeppodcast.com. And belly on up to the nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. My name is Chris. Welcome to my basement right here in Evergreen Park. It is now time for 30 Minutes of Good that is known as the EP Podcast. It's all brought to you by the First National Bank of Evergreen Park. Remember, when you open up a total access checking account, you get a $300 bonus and you get free ATMs nationwide. That means you use any ATM, any bank, any service. They tell you there's a fee. The bank pays the fee back in your account. You also get great mobile and online banking tools. So take that $300 gift. Get easy access to your accounts. Open online at bankevergreenpark.com slash total access slash EP. $100 required to open requirements to qualify. Must use link to apply. Member FDIC. And remember, you can always stop in and talk with them about anything over in that iconic building at 95th and Pulaski. That is the First National Bank of Evergreen Park. They have the EP podcast car magnet out there. Grab one, slap it on the back of the car. We appreciate the support. Speaking of support, Friday's episode, the conversation that we did with Doc Mathias, the principal over at Queen of Martyrs, currently on administrative leave because he decided to take masks off of his kids or at least make it optional before the archdiocese wanted to do so. That episode is now the most downloaded episode in the history of the EP podcast. It went viral. We've had a few shows do that. The record holder previous to the Doc Mathias conversation was when former Mayor James Sexton got really angry and upset about something that was said about him during the last mayoral election. The numbers he brought in in the first two weeks of that were eclipsed by the Doc Mathias episode in 48 hours, and it continues to grow. If you did not listen to it, go back and take a listen. It's on demand anywhere podcasts can be found and always at the eppodcast.com. Lots of positive comments. Lots of people liked the episode. One guy tried to cancel me on Twitter. I had one person try to cancel me on the Twitter. And you've heard me talk before about when I used to be on the radio, people would actually write letters, like four-page letters, put a stamp on it, and mail it to me when they were angry at me. So all I did was just block that and move on because your tweet doesn't matter and Twitter isn't real. We have a couple of different guests here on the show. You're going to hear a quick snippet, little little section from one of the organizers over at the Southside Irish Parade later on here in the episode. You're also going to hear from a parent group that came to the forefront during the Doc Mathias saga that kicked off last week and what was going on over at Queen of Martyrs and with the Archdiocese. They were scheduled and we were setting up that interview before all of that happened last week. But what I've noticed is an awful lot of people in Evergreen Park Facebook pages right now debating, especially with D-124 and District 231, and then in the surrounding area where Evergreen Park touches Chicago. Some schools have mask optional, some do not. And trust me, I don't want this show to be this every week, and it won't be. But it was such a big thing, the numbers threw the roof on Friday for the EP podcast. This group already booked before that show actually occurred. So we will talk with these two ladies right here at the Nine Foot Homemade Oak Bar, a couple of parents that are concerned about what is going on with their kids. So there's a lot ahead today. So we're going to kick it off with a beer at Open Outcry. A pitcher of beer, a pitcher of beer. Let's order another pitcher of beer. That pitcher of beer should come over here. 
We're over at 109th and Western at Open Outcry Brewing. I'm sitting with John Brand. We're drinking one of my favorite beers that he has regularly here on tap. You put this sometimes in a barrel. It's good uh, straight up. I've had the Mexican chocolate version. This is the basic dark pool, though, right? That's right. Yeah, we're drinking this one because we just did a... Uh, this is the newest batch of the dark pool Russian Imperial Stout. It's not barrel-aged. It's not adjunct. It's just a naked beer. And I can't remember the last time you and I drank dark pool, the naked dark pool, uh, on the show before. Because it's been a while, so I wanted to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. I think we've, all, we've done some of the barrel variations, but I don't know when the last time we did this one. So I'll jump right in with this question here. You know, Will Turner, longtime brewer, basically brought this here, right? And now he's going someplace else. You have a new brewer coming in. Will the ones like this continue to be in rotation? Is, is that going to change or are they going to stay? Yeah, like most breweries, when you have a brewer change, uh, your beer portfolio and the spirit of that will stay the same. But every brewer wants to come in and put their own little uh, their own little spin on the beer. So Speculator, Open Interest, Lewis Winthorpe, th- those won't change. Uh, I'm sure our new brewer, Eric, uh, and we can talk about Eric if you want. He'll probably put his own fingerprint on, on some of these beers and, and then start introducing the beers that he has a passion for. Well, I like this one. You know I like this one. It's one of the the absolute best stouts that you can get in a brewery anywhere in the city of Chicago. I've said that to many people before. I, I've always enjoyed it. I'm a big Russian Imperial stout fan. This is one of my go-to styles of beer, so I can be very critical of them if I don't like them. And you know when I walk in here, I don't leave without having a couple of these. It's a a big beer. It's a Russian Imperial Stout, uh, 12% alcohol by volume, so it's a big beer. Uh, You can't drink too many of these. Uh, And what you would expect from a Russian Imperial Stout, big, roasty, chocolate, caramel notes, uh, obviously pitch black, opaque. Uh, and then ends with that residual sweetness in it that you'll get from Russian Imperial Stouts. This is one of them, too, that my wife will go to, especially when you do the chocolate or even the bourbon barrel. I mean, it, it's it's thick, cheap, but I think she looks at it almost like a dessert beer. Yeah. Well, you get those roasty characters, those chocolate and coffee notes up front, but then it finishes sweet, which I think uh, widens the, the palate of... Uh, a lot of people like drinking this. They'll look at it, they're intimidated by it, but then when they drink it, they realize, oh, wow, this is... It's almost like you can appreciate this beer almost like you're drinking a nice glass of wine because it's so complex and layered, uh, and then it ends with that sweetness in it. Tell me a little bit about your new brewer, Eric. What's, what's Give me his full name. I know I saw the social media post. It sounds like when I saw comments, people were almost welcoming him back. Like, is he a Southsider and he was someplace else? Give me the backstory on him. First, let's talk about Will, Will Turner. Will was with us for, uh, for about three years, and Will, you know, Will did... Will brought credibility to this brewery. He brought 30 years of experience to this place. He helped navigate this brewery through the pandemic. He kept the brewery going even during the shutdowns so we could fill beer and sell them out the front door. Will had an opportunity to go work at a, at a, at a large automated production brewery called Hailstorm down in Tinley Park. So he took that opportunity. Uh, it was tough for him to say goodbye to us. It was tough for us to say goodbye to him. And you could see how much he loved the place because I knew about this a while ago, okay? I mean, we didn't talk about it on the show, but even after he took that other gig, he stuck around here instead of saying, I'm out of here. And then he was working with your new brewer to make sure it was a smooth transition. People don't do that normally, so we obviously love this place. Will, Will was here on Monday. Will, Will took the day off at Hailstorm on Monday to come here and brew with Eric to make sure Eric understood the brewing system here and that kind of stuff um 
yes, some sad will will left, but I, I think it says something about the culture here and, and how great of a team we have here and the people that work here and how they care about the place. So that was nice to see. Let's talk about Eric uh, because we lost one of the best brewers in Chicagoland area, and we got and we ended. I mean, we ended up with one of the best brewers in the Chicagoland area. Eric Padilla has been brewing professionally for about 15 years. His last, he was the head brewer of Moore Brewing Company, which anybody that pays attention to, to, to beer in Chicago the last five, ten years knows that Moore has been putting out some of the most innovative and best best designed beers in the Chicagoland area in the last five years. They were one of the breweries that put the barrel-aged beer, the barrel-aged stout on the map, like after Goose Island. Eric also drove the growth from more from a from a brew pub similar in size to us to a brewery that now has three locations and a production brewery that did almost 3,000 barrels of beer last year. So, Will left kind of stinks, but we just got one of the, we just ended up with one of the one of the other best brewers in the Chicagoland area, and I don't I, like I just feel very very lucky. And yes, it is a homecoming of sorts from him. Eric uh, is a Morgan Park High School graduate. Really? So this is a local kid come home here? That's exactly right. So he's from the area. He went to Morgan Park High School. Um, his family's from around here. And uh, he moved up to the north side to take that job at, at Moore. But this is a little bit of a homecoming for him. That's awesome. John Brand, you're over at 109th and Western Open Outcry. Uh, the, I would imagine the upstairs is, you got maybe a week or two left with the cottages if somebody still wants to try them out? I think we got, I think there's three weeks left. Uh, and the, for the cottages upstairs, yeah. All right, and then after that, you got that big, beautiful patio upstairs. This is going to be one of the places to be during the Southside Irish Parade on the 13th of March. Get out and try, uh, of course, all the beers that they have, but we were trying the Dark Pool. You know how much I love it. John loves it, and I can't wait to see what your new brewer does here, my friend. Thanks so much. Yeah, me too. Thanks. We'll see you soon. A pitcher of beer, a pitcher of beer, let's order. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know all about Family Waterproofing Solutions. They do incredible, highly rated, award-winning work all across the Chicagoland area. And now Family Waterproofing Solutions is hosting an installer job fair. That's right, Saturday, February the 26th from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. in Evergreen Park, you can find out what they do, why they do it, and all the services they provide. If you're looking to change careers or start a new one, if you're already experienced in the field and looking for a fresh start, join them. Excellent benefit packages are available. Just bring your valid driver's license Saturday, February 26th to Family Waterproofing Solutions, 3328 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park. Learn more about what a difference a family makes at FamilyDry.com. Joining me down here at the Nine Foot Homemade Oak Bar, their first appearance on the EP podcast, and we're going to have to be easy on them because I think they're both a little nervous here. I, I spent the first 10 <laughs> minutes explaining to Laura and Anna sitting at these microphones right now what a podcast was. Oh, Anna, not true. <laughs> you looked right at me. You looked right at me. You're like, I don't, I don't really do podcasts. <laughs> the name of the group is Parents for Choice of the Chicago Archdiocese, 
but you also have members that have kids in public schools, right? Laura, you you have kids in in public school. I have kids in public and school. Yeah. You had you had some kids that were in Catholic school last year, and then they're back in the public school. Anna, you have kids here on the South Side that are in Chicago right now, uh, nearby Evergreen Park, that are currently in Catholic school. And this group kind of came to the forefront over the last week when Doc Mathias did what he did on Monday. Tell me a little bit about how this group came together and what your goal is. It started with little text chains going around within parishes. So I started, you know, hey, just figuring out who felt like I did. You know, this is kind of ridiculous. Do you do you not want your kid wearing a mask? Do you like them wearing a mask? You know, you, it started very... You know, at the park, kind of getting people's opinions. Because you and don't know how people You don't feel. know. So you have to kind of tread lightly and tiptoe around and you start to get a feel. And I would start to collect numbers. And then we started exchanging um, articles and, you know, things we saw, things that happened. And can you believe this? And what's going on with this? And, you know, just tons of information. Because in reality, a lot of the restrictions and a lot of the ways the schools are handling things, sometimes it's very inconsistent. I've heard crazy stories okay where like you know at, at one school like close contact is you could have somebody in a classroom but it's not particularly close contact if they aren't sitting directly next to each other in the classroom but then that same school there was like a whole volleyball team that the a kid from another school ended up testing positive and the whole volleyball team that wasn't even part of that school was considered close contact and it was like all these little weird things like people question parents started asking like why is my kid out of school for this but wasn't out of school two weeks ago when this other thing happened that was really similar right so i think there's been a lot of confusion really the entire school year oh yeah i mean even since the beginning even since the beginning of the pandemic the catholic schools were gratefully in session, staying in school when the public schools were shut down, which is why my kids were there uh, last year during COVID. But it was like the kindergartners can bring a backpack and the first graders can't bring a backpack. Right. Because kindergartners have less COVID on their backpacks. I have a kid who plays hockey and up until just recently, he had to get dressed in the parking lot because the hockey bag could carry COVID inside of the building. It was so weird. It didn't make any sense. Swimming lessons, my kids can't get dressed in their before swimming, right? But they can get dressed there after swimming. It's like I, eh, the chlorine kills the COVID. I sure. think that's yeah, sure. yeah, something, something along those lines. So it's been really weird, and I understand that. So now, what the the main message of the group seems to be that you want to have kids take their mask off in school. You want that to be mask optional. You want you want to have parents have some sort of a choice. But yeah. the problem is, is that you're also dealing with mandates, local laws, and then the archdiocese is different, supposedly than the public school system, although they, they seem to sometimes go in the lockstep with each other and you're dealing with all of these different organizations. So at some point you had to get super organized and only recently do I see this Facebook page that has popped up. You guys do yard signs. You seem to have attorneys involved. Take, take me through what it is right now that what it grew into. So we found this Parents for Choice Facebook page and then there were groups from the North side, people from the North side that started it. So we joined their Facebook page and then we have like, a couple attorney, couple attorneys that are just moms from some of the Catholic schools and kind of got things going more quickly with, uh, we have a lot of good writers that are, mo- you know, moms that are good writers and they're writing to the arch, writing to news stations and um, the governor and the mayor and um, just over and over again. And so we, and we, people, we weren't getting any response from the arch. So a lot of moms weren't getting responses from principals, you know, 
a lot of parents felt ignored. So then it was, okay, well, we have to do something. We have to do something more. So let's get a petition going. Let's get a, let's get a meeting at Cork and Carry. The planning team was like 12 people maybe, you know, and then we're like, is anybody going to come to this? And then and when it we just got spread there, and spread and right, there was, right. the news there was, was there. It was crazy. There was 150 it people there. It seems like it's really grown. When you think about what happened with, with Doc and how quickly it, people mobilized to be out there on 103rd Street, it was two blocks long and four people, five in people the deep. The in the middle of the week, on a Wednesday right. at you know, noon. On like three hours right. notice. That right. it, was, it was crazy. So, I mean... To get this, to kind of like make this real simple, the group seems to be formed mainly because you didn't think that you were getting enough answers from principals or the organizations, whether it be CPS or uh, the archdiocese, because when you're asking questions, you're not getting responses. And so honestly, if they probably gave you responses, the group might not even get off the ground. This is more of a frustrated parents group that has been like, well, if you won't talk to us, then we've got to do something else. Well, yeah, and I think it's also just... After two years, everyone is finally like, I'm, this is dumb. Enough is enough. You know, and especially when the vaccines came out for the kids, um, then those kids were that weren't vaccinated were getting segregated and couldn't play volleyball, couldn't do this if there was a close contact. Or, and then these other kids were able to play, yet they were getting COVID. Like they were spreading it, getting it, and they were still able to go back and play because they had the vaccine. A lot of my parents were very upset about that. Let me just throw at you some of the things that people throw at me. I got things thrown at me after Doc came out on Friday. I've had a lot of people say to me, that's great that people are mobilizing, but why couldn't he have just waited? Because you know they're going to take him off eventually. Why get all upset about it? Because in a couple of months, I'm sure all the kids will be out of mask anyway, and this will all be over. I mean, I'm old enough to remember when it was two weeks to stop the spread. And here we are two years later, and we're not any better off than we were before. Now we have vaccines, now we have vaccine mandates, now we have mandates for work, mandates for restaurants, mandates for everything else, and we're still in exactly the same spot we were two years ago, only we know more, we're just ignoring everything that we know. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this back at you because I know what the response is gonna be for somebody who's listening to what you just said. They're gonna say, well, what other guidelines should they follow if they're not following the Center for Disease Control's guidelines. Like, Well, uh, isn't the World Health Organization? The World Health Organization. Re- the, recommend masks, right, they, for kids? They don't recommend masks for kids. They not, they haven't recommended masks for kids. All the None of the European countries are, are masked, are right. masking their kids. And, and the CDC changes its guidelines every 14 seconds, and it doesn't really matter. It, it, so much of their... I mean, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole and talk about, you know, I mean, who controls the CDC? Who's in charge? I mean, there's a million different theories as to why the CDC is doing what the CDC is doing. I think it's an alien spider that's been on the earth (laughs) for about 2,000 years and it's pulling all the strings for the giant web. Sure. I mean, that works the same. But the the fact of the matter is, is is you, you have somebody come out and say, well, this is an emergency, you know, winter's coming, all the unvaccinated people are going to die. And then... You know, but so we're gonna start these. We're gonna start these Vax passports for the for for the restaurants January third. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Where's the emergency? If it's an emergency, if it's right. an emergency, that means now. Tell me why in 19 days we can all take off of our all of our masks, right. except except though for the kids. The kids, the kids, the the number the one, least the least affected group of this whole pandemic. Yeah. And they're the ones that we're going to keep masked up. I mean, watch the soup. Let's see what happens. Let's watch the Super Bowl on Sunday. We're all going to be watching. We're all going to be watching 
50,000, 100, however many thousand people fit in those stadiums. They're all going to be unmasked. They're all going to be right next to each other. But my five-year-old, who's learning how to talk and learning how letters sound, has to be in a mask all day. His teacher's in a mask. He can't see her face. She can't see his face. She has no idea what's going on under there, what's going on emotionally. They can't read faces. They're they're becoming socially awkward. They can't talk to each other. They can't talk to their friends. It's insane. It's insane. It's unfair. There's zero science behind it. It just doesn't make sense. Somebody tell me why. Tell me why 20,000 people can be in a stadium next to each other, drinking and spitting and screaming, but my kids can't sit in a classroom and learn without a mask on. Right. They're I, not even wearing it right, I, for I, crying out well, loud. I think that's one of the points a lot of people have made, is that like the mask really works if the mask is worn properly, but we all know that a five-year-old isn't, doesn't have that on their face correctly by three minutes after they get in there. Like, How many times have you sent your kid out the door to school and you send them out with their shoes tied and their shirt on right and everything else. They come back out, shirt's untucked, it's on backwards, two shoes are untied, they're wearing somebody else's underpants. Like, I mean, and we're supposed to believe that they kept the mask on securely and tightly the entire time. I get what you're saying. Like, what is the next step? Is the goal of the group to try to facilitate a meeting with those that are the policymakers and the decision makers? Is it to organize protest? I mean, and, and when you do protest... You also have to be nervous about doing anything when children are watching, because if you're very concerned about children, you can't do something that's going to upset the children even more. Yeah, I mean, I think our goal, we just want to be, we want a choice. Um, we we think this is harming our children, the mandates. We don't think it's just going to go away. I mean, right now, the, sub, the suburban schools, um, Evergreen Park and wherever can mm-hmm. can go maskless yeah. op- or mask the, the Catholic schools in Evergreen, the, yes. Right, the Catholic Public schools, schools, no. The Catholic schools, right. So we're like, okay, well, we still need to get all this, like all, we're fighting for all the schools. I know it's a, it's an archdiocese thing, but you know. I've noticed it's becoming something else. I teach organically, in the public on, organically on your page, it seems to be like growing into, you see public schools and yeah. you see, you see suburban public schools and people joining it just because they're like, this is a group that's getting organized and we don't have something for our school. So, hey, can we jump in yes. with you? It seems to be that's yeah, what's it, happening. Yeah. And what what happens when these some of us are very afraid that they're going to say, OK, you can go mask optional, but you need to be vaccinated. You know, that's not OK with us. Like we want uh, we want to make the decisions for our children for whatever reason the parents have. No say. No say. And I mean, it's happening all over. Parents want to be involved. And that should be the case going forward, no matter what. And I mean, you heard the, you know, the governor speak yesterday and we're going to maybe do this, you know, but, you know, next time. They're already they're already talking about next time they decide to say, well, now we have to wear masks Mm -hmm. again. We already did it. We had two months of like no masks and then they did it down. So so to avoid this happening in the future, the parents in this group. Like we're here. We're here. (laughs) These are our children. You work for us. We're giving you our money, whether it be in taxes or whether it be in tuition, we're giving you our money and we are involved. These are our children. We have a say. You need to listen to us. We all need to come to this together because we can. We can find common ground. We can figure it out. But you need to like we need parents need to have a voice in their children's education. I mean, that's, you know, it's the whole reason Virginia's, you know, going to be red now. I mean, that it's a huge issue. It's a big deal. And. The reason that the mandates are probably mis- raising now is because we're a couple months away from midterm elections. I mean, well, nobody wants to march in a St. Patrick's Day parade and have people ask them, why am I still wearing this thing? 
It's, you know, I mean, that's why they're all going to end on the 28th so that you can sit there on the 17th in the St. Patrick's Day Parade and say, well, I took that away last month right? because it happened in February. Right. If somebody wants to get involved in your group or learn more about you, how do they find you? So our Facebook it's page not is something set. where you got to go to a back door and do a secret knock, right? <laughs> we're not at that point. We passed that uh, maybe a couple, maybe a couple weeks ago. Right. We, we were treating you're not, it like you're that not meeting out Dan Ryan Woods someplace where like you, not anymore. Okay, yeah. so the Facebook page is Parents for Choice of the Chicago Archdiocese. Okay. The website is archparentschoice.com, and uh, the Twitter handle is parent underscore Chicago. One of the reasons why I reached out to you is that I started noticing on the Evergreen Park pages that the people who have kids in the public school were starting to get into real heated debates on Facebook with people, depending on what what they felt about with the mask. And so that was the original reason why I was like, oh, it makes sense. We're going to bring this group in because this affects not only just the archdiocesan schools, but I'm seeing it with everybody, especially here in the EP and the surrounding area. And then we had just the craziest week last week. So, uh, you know, things are changing constantly. By the time this episode <laughs> airs, know. you guys will have had a a thing on Sunday over at Queen of Martyrs mm-hmm. to try to get Doc Matthias's job back. Do you think this is going to end soon? Do you think that this is a long fight are you concerned that you're going to have to worry about this next school year? Like we're, we're next school year, next winter, your, next flu season. Next you, you, you think this is going to go on forever. I can tell Laura's like, I this is going I mean, on I think it'll, okay. I mean, I think it'll, it'll be a carrot. It'll be, it'll be a carrot stick situation here. Here you go. You can have some of your, you can have some of your privileges back. You can go eat at a restaurant now, or you can go back to the gym, even if you're not vaccinated. And, and then, and then in November after the midterms, when it starts to get cold, um, cold, you know, we're going to have a big spike or a new variant. And then, you know, now you have to be vaccinated or now you have to wear a mask again. I, I just, I don't, if you would have asked me a year ago, I would have thought, yeah, maybe it's going to end soon. And now it's like, I, I you know, it's, it feels never ending. I hope, I it, hope ends. it ends soon. Otherwise, but even if it does end, parents are still, parents still need to be involved and they still need to be respected and they still need to be in the process of the decisions that are being made by the archdiocese for their schools, by Chicago public schools, by all of the educational institutions they need to stop ignoring the parents because we should have a voice in what's happening with our children. It is now time for your EP podcast, Word on the Street, brought to you by Leapforth Law. Larry Leapforth, close personal friend of the show. You see him all around Evergreen Park. He has practiced law in the South suburbs for decades and a former president of the Southwest Bar Association. He brings in big settlements for personal injury lawsuits and handles criminal defense, real estate, probate, and corporate law as well. For justice, equality, and trust, reach out to Larry, 708-499-6300 at 708-499-6300 or visit leadforthlaw.com. By the time this episode is heard by many, the Monday morning game USA versus Finland will have passed. If, as expected, Team USA has won that game, then Wednesday night, February the 16th at 10.10 p.m. local time on NBC, you will see Evergreen Park's own Abby Murphy skate for an Olympic medal. I expect everybody in front of their television. If the worst has occurred by the time you've heard this, the bronze medal game, 5.30 in the morning on Wednesday. And I am sure we will hear from the Murphys, including Abby, after everything is over. 
Evergreen Park's Candlelight Radio Theater has returned online with a weekly series of audio shows featuring music, comedy, drama, thrills, and suspense. It is available on the Village website, evergreenpark-ill.com, with a new episode released on demand every Monday night. The email I received this weekend indicates you're going to start hearing my voice from time to time. I offer the pop in and help out as the magic of old time radio is presented by the Candlelight Radio Theater. Also on the website, the Evergreen Park Rec Department has a preschool open house, a virtual tour that you can look at, watch the video right through the Village website. If you have any questions, you can give them a call, 708-229-3373. Next week on this show, Mark Marzullo, Norm Anderson, our two village trustees, the two that come on all the time. We have other village trustees, but these two, when they come on, they're a riot. We're going to sit down, we're going to talk about everything going on in the EP, get an update on stuff that is happening, and maybe get some inside information. They always have a couple of nuggets, and you hear it here first on the EP podcast. And finally, you heard it just a couple shows ago, Amy Kazin came over here from Evergreen Park Community High School. SpongeBob, the musical taking place this coming weekend over at the high school performances on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Get all your ticket options at showticks4u.com. That's your EP Podcast word on the street, found everywhere podcasts can be found, and always at the eppodcast.com. Building relationships, supporting the community, and service. These are the things that Country Financial stands for. They're more than just an office you may pass by as you drive through Evergreen Park. They're neighbors who lend a helping hand and support the fabric of your community, including charitable organizations, sports, financial education, and civic organizations. And since Country is already your neighbor, they want to get together and chat. Call your local Country Financial representative, Mike Thauer, today at 708 425 1559 to talk about the things that are important to you and how he can help you protect them. Last week on another podcast that the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network provides to the South Side, known as South Side Pod, had Don Laracy from the South Side Irish Parade Committee down here to talk with me about the parade coming back after a several year hiatus. In fact, the parade queen has been queen now for a long time. She's the longest reigning queen ever because she never got her parade. The full interview is available anywhere podcasts can be found and always at southsidepod.com. But let's check in real quick with Don and hear all about the parade coming back to the South Side right nearby on Western Avenue in just a couple of weeks. It makes me feel good you guys are back. How are you? It is. I'm doing good, and thanks thanks for having me here. And, and we're excited, and we know there's, there's a little momentum behind us where... Everybody's looking forward to getting back out and, and, and celebrating safely and, and being around their neighbors and friends. And so we're really looking forward to it. Well, I got people coming in from out of town and they, they can't wait to see it for the first time. And they they plan their trip this spring to come visit because they want to know what weekend parade day was. So I think you're going to have a good crowd. Tell me a little bit about the passport to the parade. You're kicking this off here at the end of February. I don't know a lot about it, but it seems like basically I'm purchasing a passport and I'm getting an awful lot for the $25 to get the passport. And, and so this seems like something people would be interested in. You know, it's great. It, it's a great idea that we came up with this year. And it's uh, February 26th. It's Saturday. It kicks off about 2 o'clock. Um, and if you can go to our website at southsideirishparade.org, you can purchase a passport to the parade. 
Um, and it's similar to like a pub crawl where we have a bunch of our local businesses and, and restaurants that are offering specials, drink specials, food specials, um, you know, merchandise. The, the Southside Irish Import Store is having some of our parade gear and t-shirts available there where you can support the parade is not only support the parade, but also be able to support the businesses on the parade route. So we wanted to be able to make sure that, you know, we can draw extra people down there to Western Avenue to support these guys and support, you know, everyone in that neighborhood, because it, it's, you know, they've not only have people been kind of cooped up a little bit with, with, with COVID, but we, we've also had some of our businesses that struggled. So we want to give back a little bit. Um, anyone who purchases a passport to the parade will be entered into a raffle in which the parade committee is giving out um, three $1,000 gift packs from the local businesses, gift cards from, you know, restaurants to florists to bookstores, everyone like that. So anyone who purchases a passport will be able to help support those businesses in there. They're going to have raffles. They're going to have giveaways. Um, it's a great day to get out on, on Saturday the 26th. What else do you have here? I'm, I'm going through all the different stuff you're doing. You know, it used to be to me that people just tell me what day parade day was, which is always the Sunday before St. Patrick's Day. I kind of knew that. And I didn't even plan very much ahead. And now I see that you have just so many different things that are going on. You're giving out yard signs. You got a home decorating contest. Break it all down. Well, you know, last year was was kind of a struggle still for everyone with the parade being canceled. So the committee worked hard to to come up with a few events to still bring out that 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 pride and, and tradition and family in our neighborhood. And, and so what we did is we came up with a home decorating contest in which we're doing that again this year, um, where everyone's invited to send a, a photo of their decorations in. We'll also have a thousand dollar gift pack for that as well. Um, and we also have our yard signs to help support the parade, as well as our grand marshals and our honorees. And, you know, for this year, we've, you know, we've decided that there, the Catholic elementary teachers group for all the Catholic school teachers we have in our neighborhood um, as our, our Grand Marshal and the Tom Hopkins Foundation. Tommy Hopkins is two doors down from the nine-foot homemade oak bar. Oh, he's excellent. my neighbor. Excellent. He, he's got a snowblower, and I only have a 13-year-old. So sometimes <laughs> he saves the 13-year-old on the heavy snows and gets down and gets the uh, the sidewalk before Dominic makes it out there. So he's a good guy. Which, you know, what those guys do for the neighborhood, especially with their softball tournament and raising awareness for families with cancer as well as supporting the athletic um, departments and athletic events that we have. It's really fantastic. You know, and, the, and these are two groups that we wanted to honor in 2020. The last place that somebody sat from the parade before it was canceled was here <laughs> at this bar. I intend to break that jinx. That's good. All That's right? good. Because I want to see that parade on the 13th and I'm looking forward to it. If you want to learn more, go to southsideirishparade.org and we'll see everybody out at the parade on the 13th. Southside, kicking off with what, 103rd Street? 103rd and Western, 12 o'clock sharp. Another show is wrapped up, another show's in the books, another show is wrapped up, and then by the looks, it's gonna be a good one, and we'll see you next week. And the nude is basement, and the nude is basement. Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up. Another show is wrapped up, and it's in the books. Another show is wrapped up, another show is wrapped up, and by the looks, it's gonna be a good one. Nudie's Basement, broadcast, Basement, the Nudie's Basement, the Broad Basement. Slancha, the EP Podcast.
Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always at the eppodcast.com.